Hi, I'm Miranda. And I'm Stephanie. We've been friends for more than 15 years. I live in Ottawa. And I live in Winnipeg. I'm raising two girls. And I'm raising two boys. We're both wives and working moms who do our best to make it all work and to enjoy our empowered lives. We think feminism is still a work in progress in our homes, our workplaces, and our politics. And we love to learn, especially from other women. So we started Women Don't Do That to talk about issues women care about today and to inspire us to do whatever it is we think we can't do. Maureen Dennis started her career managing special events and programs. For example, what is now known as Cineplex Stars and Strollers. Following this experience, she founded We Welcome, a business devoted to giving new parents the tools to have a baby and a life. In the past 14 years, Maureen has become an independent mom influencer through social and broadcast media. She appears frequently on shows such as CTV Morning Live, Breakfast Television, Global News, The Social, City Line, and CTV's The Maryland Dennis Show, and many more. And if you're Canadian, that is all the big shows. <laughs> In addition, she has acted as a corporate spokesperson for a number of high-profile brands, including General Motors and Pampers, to name a few. On top of that, she is a mom of four kids. Welcome, Maureen. <laughs> Thank you. You've got a lot going on there. We like, to, we like to kick things off by trying to get to know people better. So what motivates you to live your best life? I have always uh, lived by the sort of, you know, work hard, play hard. Um, I used to really go with the just say yes, because I think a lot of us, we naturally hesitate to do things. And by saying yes to opportunities, that opens new doors, you meet new people and Half of the amazing stories I have are because I just said, yeah, sure, why not? That's how I met you, right? Yeah, that's true. Just try, try new things. It sounds like your job is constantly changing. And the things that we like to do when we talk to different women, because we do talk to people from very different backgrounds, is learn more about the, what they actually do. And in your work, it sounds like it's, it's constantly changing. <laughs> so what would a typical look like for like, maybe give people some examples so they can have a taste of what that looks like um so with four kids my oldest uh, is a boy and he's 16 and then I have a 14 year old daughter an 11 year old daughter and an eight year old daughter so with that combination um you know it's it's uh it's complicated so thankfully they are all sailors so we have focused our extracurricular in one place now I bring that up because I do seem to spend a lot of my time as their Uber driver, as their taxi. <laughs> so my job thankfully um, can be done from anywhere. As long as I have my phone, um, I can literally do every piece of it, um, including interviews like this. I've been doing broadcast media uh, segments from, you know, from my phone now for five months. And so, you know, I'm very fortunate in that I have that flexibility, but what it does make is a, completely different day every day so mm -hmm. my kids don't have to be anywhere then we you know I really have to sort of work our our day into some form of a schedule but it's not like I clock in somewhere at nine o'clock um, it's not that I have regular meetings it's really you know uh, at my 
flexi I have the flexibility to be able to say, oh, okay, I'm gonna, I, we don't have to be anywhere till 12 today. So I'm going to get everything done now so that I can focus on uh, the kids this afternoon. Or I've got TV this morning, so guys, you got to be quiet or <laughs> with me or whatever the scenario is. So yeah, it's a little crazy um, to figure out sometimes, you know, what our what our week is going to look like because every day is different. Yes, it's that's very interesting. I'm sure other parents are experiencing that as well. With some of the changes that you've had with doing a lot more over the phone or the computer, do you see that staying in the type of industry you're on, or, or do you think it will require you to have as much travel as you did in the past? Yeah. So in the past, um, my focus of what I do is, is give tips from my real life advice, my real life experience with four kids, um, on how to, like you said, how to have a baby in a life, how to have fun with your kids, how to just kind of lighten it up and, and enjoy life. So mm. from that perspective, um, you know, my content that I do for TV stations, um, is conducive to doing with my kids and from home, which we can be very thankful for. The difference I think that we're gonna see for a while now is that the expectation of how polished that content is um, has been lowered. And I, and I don't say that the, the quality of what's being told or the stories being or the tips, but the actual like production value. We've all are a little mm -hmm. bit more with a Skype interview, we're all a little bit more okay with seeing somebody's kid in the background because we're all, basically the entire world has had this shift. So I yes. think that, um, you know, I, th I think it will still be a preference to have people in studio once we get to that stage. But I mm -hmm. think that there will be a higher tolerance for storytelling that maybe is not in such a package conformed, um, you know, context than it usually was. And to give you an idea of how much I was traveling, um, for the last almost three years, once a month, I would fly across Canada and go to at least four cities that week, um, sometimes more. And I mean, like Vancouver to Halifax across the country. And basically, I would get on a plane, get to the city, go to the hotel, go, uh, go to bed, usually. <laughs> maybe order some Uber Eats and then get up early the next morning, go to the TV studio, do my three to five minute segment, get back in a, in a cavern, mm -hmm. go to the airport, fly to the next city and do that for basically a week straight, um, mm -hmm. doing five cities. So that was pretty exhausting. It was my choice to do it in a week. Cause I think it's easier to just say to my family, I'm going to go for the week and I'm going to get this, you know, get this travel done. Um, Ironically, I just like hit all the amazing status points on hotels and flights just in time to be grounded. So, oh no. So, it's a huge, so I quite enjoy this, but you know, the, meeting the people in person and having that mm -hmm. interview the hosts and having them demo things and try things, that's the piece that really is missed. Yes, I could imagine that, yeah, it would just feel very different. And for some of our listeners, we do have people, we have a lot of listeners in the States and also some abroad in many different countries. And just if you haven't traveled Canada, it is a huge country. So when you go from one side to the other, if you're doing that once a month, that's that's a lot of traveling. Yes, definitely. It's a beautiful, I want, so I don't mind. No, yes, that's right. 
I want to jump into the parenting conversation. As I'm sure everybody is very aware, we are in the COVID context. It's a global pandemic. Every time I ask somebody how they're doing, they respond with I'm surviving. Like there's no there's no sugar coating really happening or even that is maybe sugar coating for many. And I don't know about you, but certainly when I'm on social media or on Facebook or Twitter, there's a lot of articles coming out and people coming out and saying we're burnt out, we're not okay. What advice would you give to people who parents who are really at their wits end right now? I think that the toughest part of this is we don't know what the outcome is going to be. We don't know when this is going to end. It's not like a snowstorm, you know, it kind of felt like a snow day for the first week where we're like, we can do this. Everyone's just like, you know, got the week off and then it went into two weeks and then it was four and then it was now it's been like months. And I think we have to kind of give ourselves a bit of a break. We kind of have to really prioritize for our family, which pieces mean the most. And that can change daily. So, you know, we've, we've really, um, lowered the bar as far as like what our expectations are of each other in our family. Um, and so setting a daily goal and, um, focusing on that. So it could be just that guys, we're getting the laundry done today. Like if, mm-hmm. if anything we sit down by the dinner table tonight, can everybody have got their laundry done? Um, everybody needs to help clean, um, you know, clean our room in the house. These are things that like I find as parents, you start to get overwhelmed because we're trying to work and we're being a taxi driver to, you know, we're trying to go to the grocery store. We've got to keep masks on. We've, you know, there's a lot, just a lot of weird stuff that are not usually a part of our day, um, going on. And so you've Mm -hmm. really got to take a step back and go, okay, what is the one thing that's going to make me feel calmer by the end of today if we got it done? And for everybody, that could be completely different. It could be, you know what, it's stressing you out that you've been inside for so long. Today's a beautiful day. Get outside, go for a bike ride, go for a walk. It could just be a once around the block. It could be for five hours if you've, you know, driven out to a park or a field, anywhere. Just get out and do something. Um, and that just, you know, balancing that out so if you do one of those things every day all of a sudden mm. your house isn't quite so messy um i have four kids like i <laughs> andre right off camera here <laughs> um, you know it's we're all what do you say we're all in the same storm but in slightly different boats so whatever's mm-hmm. gonna go literally for that day do it if it means that you're having a pj day and you're watching movies absolutely fine what you have to do is go, you know, what, what is stressing me out? But talk to your kids. There could be things that are stressing them out. Um, there could be things that are stressing your spouse or your partner out and trying to balance that. Mm-hmm. I think that's great advice. And I know even my kids are six and nine, but they have opinions on that stuff. And there, there are things that they want to accomplish when you, when you ask them and it can be hard to take the time, but I think you're right. There's a lot there that can help with our, our mental health. And I know for me personally, I've been really working hard at just like exactly what you said, like one day at a time, because we don't know what's going to happen even in a week or in a month, things are constantly changing. So, um, and like you said, changing expectations and being ready to be flexible because we have to. Yeah. And you know what, throw in some rewards there too. Right. So, you know, if, if, that, you know, you need to get stuff done and then we'll go for, you know, we'll uh, go for a walk or we'll, you know, play with bubbles or whatever is exciting to your family. Have a movie night, play board games, whatever it may be. Have that be the reward. So, you know, that we're working towards something and yes. each 
doing that fun thing. So my sister uh, and her husband and, and uh, boys have been playing cards every night, as long as they get their goal done, right? Like as long as mm. they're paid for the day or they're, you know, whatever, whatever the goal is for the day. It could just be like, let's not fight today. Yeah. Like, just don't pick on your sister and your brother all day. Like that could be the goal. Um, it's just those things that, you know, it doesn't need to be complicated, but it's what's going to work for your family that makes a huge difference. Yes, I like that. I my I, I was telling you at the beginning, my kids are doing um, a scavenger hunt right now. But part of the thing is they have to be quiet while I do the interview. And then afterwards, they'll get a prize from the dollar store. So I am with you on that one. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about technology. We all know that there's supposed to be limits on technology. And I think if we're all honest, everybody's probably not quite following what they're supposed to be. Uh, so do you have advice for parents who are kind of struggling with that? Absolutely. Yeah. So again, this is not normal. This time is not normal. And technology um, is being used in a way that isn't always bad. So you, what you have to do is look at what are your kids using technology for? Um, and I've sort of got... I'm, Two, two mindsets of this. The first one is, is what are they using it for? So if you have a teenager and they're online gaming and they're, they're up late and they're playing COD or they're playing Fortnite or they're playing something, understand that that is their social connection. That might be the only time that they get to stay connected with their buddies. Um, and it may not be at the time you want them to be. They, you know, a lot of teenagers, I keep saying they've turned into vampires um, because they're, they're, basically nocturnal right now because they don't have to be somewhere in the morning they aren't um but again this is not normal times so mm -hmm. if that's keeping them happy that's keeping them connected with their friends and that's the only way that they can um socialize in that way give it to them right now i don't mean stay up all night every night and you know get out of whack with life in general but just have, have an understanding as a parent that this is more than just playing video games. This is a, a connection for them. Um, there's also, uh, you know, Kids Messenger uh, is one of the things my, my eight-year-old has been using. And she's doing the same thing. She's texting pictures of, like, whatever's going on, the dogs, the flowers, whatever, to her grandparents, um, to her cousins, to our neighbors across the street, <laughs> uh, friends, because... That's for her a way that she can share what she's doing in her day with her friends. So if, you know, if you're, if they're just watching hours and hours of Netflix, um, you know, without doing anything else, okay, that you got to call, call it on. But the solution to that is, is, I wouldn't say it's quite simple, but it is quite simple. Keep them too busy to be on technology. So rather than thinking of limiting technology, what else can they be doing that just doesn't include technology? Or if it includes technology, it's doing it in an active way. So if they're learning TikTok dances, they're, <laughs> they're up, they're active, they're dancing, they're having fun. They're not usually fighting. And they, they're using technology that way. You can also look at it and go, okay, if we've got, you know, again, so with the little guys, it's usually let's get outside in the morning and let's do something active and fun and burn them out a little bit, get some of that energy out so that you can then use technology for put that movie on, have some quiet time. Usually then parents can get some work done, catch up on some emails, that sort of thing. Um, the teenagers are the opposite. They are going to want to sleep in 
and, uh, and, you know, be able to use that technology later and then get them out and active in the afternoon, get, you know, whatever they may be, tell them to walk the dog. Um, you know, we've been spending a lot of time on bikes. We've been spending a lot of time where by the water. So we've spent a lot of time on the water, um, because it's, there's nobody else out there. So it's a, it's a great place to be able to hang with so many kids and, uh, and have them outside and, and active. That's really helpful. I think there were a lot of really good suggestions in there and different things that people can pull out whether they're working or not. So thank you. That was really helpful. We're moving into summertime. It's July 1st that we're recording and it isn't a normal summer, obviously at all, (laughs) as we know. And I keep thinking about how, you know, parents who are used to being at home in the summer, this is still not a normal summer for them. They don't have access to parks in the same way, movie theaters, like all kinds of things that they used to be able to do. And then some parents find themselves working at home and that's not normal for them. And they've got kids there. And then other parents are out of work and also at home in context that they're not used to. So everybody's feeling it in some respects. And I think what I'm hearing from parents too, is there's a lot of boredom. Like how do we make what just happened the last couple months different than the summer? And is there some kind of transition or or some things we should be doing differently now without making everything feel the same? Well, I think that for the most part, I mean, people, uh, parents, I should say, always kind of look at summer as this like goal. I remember reading years ago that you only have 18 summers with your kids, which is just like mm-hmm. a of looking at life. Like I don't, they don't, I hope they don't disappear after 18 summers. Um, So what, you know, anytime we plan a vacation time, whether it be a weekend or the whole summer, we kind of look at it from a family perspective and say, okay, what, what do we each want to do and what can we do together? Um, And I think that if parents look at it that way and go, rather than looking at it as a stress to create this amazing, whether it be, you know, like the 80s summer, um, Mm -hmm. or it, you know, that we're not what all the things you're not able to do. Look at it and just say, okay, you know, ask your six-year-old, what would she love to do this summer? And we may have to pair that back. It might be that her, you know, dream is not possible at the moment, Um, but talk through some ideas of what could be done. So, you know, can you go, everywhere's a little bit different. So it's a really hard Mm -hmm. examples and they could change next week. So you can go camping right now in some places, but maybe not in your area or again, who knows what, how that's going to change. So have some flexibility in it. Look at what you can do in your own um, house and community and backyard and, and locally um, that could be just as simple as, uh, you know, a fun activity a day. So my girls and I went through, we made 30 days of play. And it wasn't that we have to do something every day, but it gave us that idea of going like, here's all these fun things we could do from making, you know, tie-dye slime to... Uh, fizzing magic sidewalk paint that you make with baking soda and pour vinegar on and that bubbles up. So lots of fun, simple, simple things Mm -hmm. that keep a tad fun every day. Um, And that, you know, you say, can it, can it, should it be different? I would say that I think that a lot of that's going to sort of carry into uh, when we go back to school and whatever format that may look like for wherever you may be, um, is that we're going to have to figure out how to balance out all these buckets in our lives. So if parents are working 
um, in the home or out of the home or not working and trying to find work. Um, there, you're, there's, there's a work bucket. Do you know what I mean? And yes. then you've got, you've got the school and education piece that also is really important. And we have to, we're gonna have to carve out some time for, but we can't forget the fun and the laughter and the smiles. And I think that that's kind of one of the most, um, amazing thing that has come out of this uh, whole, you know, scenario is that we have created that as an important piece that always kind of got pushed aside, right? We kind mm-hmm. of took the curricular, well, I took her to gymnastics today. So that, but that doesn't bring the family joy. That doesn't, you know, it's not a shared memory, but now having so much time together, um, we can fall off the wagon that way too, because we, we're, we're just, we're burnt out. We're out of ideas. Mm-hmm tired of, um, you know, coming up, being the cruise director of, of your family's fun, right? So sharing those ideas and, uh, and, and you know, get, get creative. It doesn't have to be expensive or complicated, but a little touch of fun every day makes a huge difference. I l- love so much of what you said. And I think one thing that stood out for me, again, is asking your kids because my kids and I made a list of what are some fun things we could do this summer. And they were all like super basic, nothing big and nothing exciting. And I was kind of like in my my own thinking, well, this is a bit boring. But (laughs) if that's what they see as fun, right? Like I need to get over my expectations and remember that if they're having a good summer doing these things and that's all well and good. And that is the point. So uh, lots of different things that people can grab on there. My kids think washing the car is a new fun activity. They put on their bathing suits and they go wash my truck. I'm like, amazing. It benefits everyone. That is amazing. One of the other things kind of related to that conversation is about schedules. And I think, I, I don't know, everybody's different. I imagine too, if you're working, maybe then you did have a schedule. I love a schedule. So we were on a schedule in the spring but now I'm wondering and I'm assuming other people are too because it's summer and again like it it's a different time of the year should we be loosening some of those schedules or or is it important for children to have a schedule even if they think they don't want one um it really comes down to you and your family again whatever's going to make you feel calmer it's going to um make life feel a little bit more normal for you. Um, ironically, I'm not a very scheduled person. I, because probably like we said, my day is never the same. So I just kind of roll with it. We'll have, we have an overall plan of what we need to get done daily, weekly, monthly, whatever. Um, but ironically, when this all started, it was my uh, two youngest daughters who craved the schedule. They needed to know how their day was going to unfold and they needed to know when things were going to happen. So right. we have, um, and that schedule's up on my up on my website. And basically, it's working from home with kids and how to how to carve out that. So, like I said, burning off some energy in the morning might just be good, whether it's on an actual schedule or just something as it becomes a routine habit. Um, burning off some of that energy, bringing in some quiet time. So balancing out sort of those sections of the day so that you can accomplish what you need to accomplish um, and not end up you know, with screaming tired children while you're also trying to do a conference call. So you know, that, that for me is looking at it as a routine that way. 
Yeah, so you know, if it works, if it's something that helps your family um, have a sense of normalcy, sense of accomplishment at the end of the day, um, I found it helped with the questions my kids were continually asking because they could reference it. Um, and then what we added were, you know, if it was creative play time, we made a list in advance of all of the creative play ideas that they could do so that they weren't coming and asking me, well, what does that, what does creative play mean? You know, what can I do today? It's like, well, if you want to get the paints out, go do that, take it outside, do that sort of thing. Um, if you were doing active play, you know, they know, okay, go jump on the trampoline, go ride your bike, go do whatever the things are sort of pre laid out and they could, they could exercise sort of their element of control over the schedule mm. by adding in the, those choices without having me to have to say, this is what you're doing next. This is what you're doing next. And understanding that, you know, like if you don't feel like getting this schoolwork done, this is, this is back in the spring. If it doesn't get done today, it has to get done tomorrow. So right. I managing some, some independence over it is, um, really important and a great life skill so that they understand I have this choice now, but I'm going to have to do it at some point. And so that's, you know, my kids are very independent that way. Um, especially my high schoolers. So that piece, you know, they didn't need, they, they were allowed to sort of have their own routine, their own schedule, um, where the younger ones needed more guidance and, you know, they need more attention and they need more, um, you know, time for me and my husband to be able to <laughs> just, you know, survive the day. Yes. Well, I'll make sure to add in the show notes too about your website, because there are different kinds of resources there. You had already mentioned one, but there's others as well for people to get ideas of things that they can do. Sure. Want to talk a little bit about schoolwork, and it kind of goes along with some of the things we've already talked about, is whether or not, and, and again, maybe it's because this year is also just so unique and different, but whether or not some schoolwork, maybe reading or just some of the basics need to continue during the summer. And I think we have some people who are maybe overwhelmed and can't imagine, I'm assuming, doing any schoolwork and others who worry that their kids didn't get a proper education and want them to do more. So do you have any opinions about that? Um, not to sound like a broken record, but again, it goes back to your family. So mm -hmm. your family was really stressed and burnt out and just made it through the distance learning, you know, um, scenario, then take a break, enjoy your time together, let it go. Um, you know, if we, we should always be encouraging kids to read books. Um, but I don't think you need to pull out worksheets and, you know, have, have this time. We may never have a summer like this again, where, Everybody has you know, so much time to spend together um, and see it for the opportunity, not necessarily the things you can't do. And, you know, maybe it's a, you know, there's some great resources for audiobooks. That's mm -hmm. a big one. My kids have been listening to stories um, on. And so it's a little bit of a learning without knowing you're learning, making it fun. You can do a lot of science, like I said, with the baking soda. Um, there's, there's a lot of fun activities that you can do that incorporate reading, writing, learning, science, STEM, what have you, that don't feel like you're learning at this, in the moment. Do you know what I mean? They're still fun. Yes. Because you want the fun memories. There's going to be a ton of time and it's going to be stressful. I mean, we're not, nothing's going back to normal anytime soon. And I think that mm -hmm. that's hanging over us right now. And right. so 
kind of sit back and relax and take a week or two and just be like, let's just, you know, let's just have fun and enjoy this. Then, um, then I think that those are, those are the memories you're going to keep. I like that. Do you have like, for some of the things that we've talked about, one thing that I keep coming to just with COVID is, is how challenging it must be to have a toddler. Yeah. So especially for people that are trying to work and I'm trying to remember back to when mine were toddlers. And I think all I can really think of is when they're napping, maybe you do a few things or you do, you change your work schedule where you work more in the evening. Um, but, you know, they, they don't sit and do things for very long. So are there any other things you would add to that about toddlers with parents struggling there? Yeah, toddlers are tricky. Um, I would have a, have quite the, you know, treasure box or toolbox of fun activities. And like I said, kind of going through Play-Doh is, whether it's your own salt clay mm-hmm. or Play-Doh, Play-Doh, um, is a great one. And you can have them playing with that right next to you while you're trying to get some emails done. Um, you know, <laughs> that one even goes up to your six-year-old, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, with little guys, there's two solutions to any sort of meltdown that, that I can say to parents if you're just, you're, you're at your wit's end, um, is outside and water. So sunshine and water. So if they're starting to lose it, throw them in the bath. Like throw them in the bath, let them give them a bunch of weird things to play with in the bath that, you know, measuring like plastic measuring cups or, or things that they, you know, let them take in some of their little characters or whatever it is, their toy cars, have them wash their Legos, like whatever it is, the water always seems to kind of calm kids and and buys you some time and gives you some time to kind of calm down. Mm -hmm. Um, And then outside, sometimes they've just got to go, they got to run. They've got to, you know, even when it's cold, um, they've got to breathe in some fresh air and, and that will usually kind of help with the toddler situation. And, and they do love the younger guys. They definitely do love a routine. So if you can be cognizant of, of what a good day looks like for your little guys, then try and keep that. Now they tend to, as soon as you get into a groove, they tend to change that all up on you, but (laughs) the most part. Just remember if you can if you can let them burn off some energy and and you know go a little crazy wherever <laughs> however you can let them do that, um, then they're going to need a quiet time. So it, I know that if you really really need to get stuff done and you you're watching your inbox go ping 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 and and but you've got this two year old who's you know also hanging on your pant leg, then just kind of go. It's okay. The email can wait until the two o'clock nap, right? Um, and if it can't, then, you know, have one of those things where you're like, you know, um, able to give, pull out that sort of emergency toy trust of things to do that they, things they haven't seen. They don't need to be expensive or fancy. They just need yes. to be like something, Ooh, that's new and exciting. Yeah. Well, I love that. It reminds me, I used to have something like that with one of my kids. I would keep some toys that were just special that she could look at for a while while I was nursing the other one. And so that kind of feeds into exactly what you said. Thank you. There were, there were a lot of really good things there for people to think about because that's one age group I have particularly, yeah, just a lot going on there for them. Parents are obviously, as we've talked about, there's a lot going on. They're concerned about their kids' 
physical and mental health. I had asked online if people had any particular questions when I was speaking with you to throw them my way. And one person had a really great run about the balance between the two. So she's concerned about children um, not being with other children. They're not being silly or laughing or just being. How do we balance the risk of children's physical health with their mental wellness? Yeah, so this is this one again kind of goes with what's going on in your general area. So we all mm-hmm. have different cities with different um, situations as far as what you are allowed to do, what is recommended to do. So, you know, let me give you kind of like a variety, a range here. If you're still sort of in a more lockdown kind of way, that can definitely be the most challenging because you physically can't interact with other people. Um, that's where sort of the messenger kids, um, if they're in that sort of age group where they can function with the technology that way, they can do the video calls with their friends. And if you're not familiar with it, um, it, it goes through your own adult personal account. So you can see everyone and you approve everyone that they're talking to. So it's a very safe way of allowing younger children to communicate Mm -hmm. with their friends and, um, you know, my, my eight-year-old's been talking to her five-year-old cousin. Um, I, you know, they draw pictures, there's games. So that's where I'm saying technology can help that way. And it gives them some uh, interaction independently where they can be silly, they can laugh, they can talk about the, whatever the crazy things that they talk about. Um, all the way to teenagers. And I think, as you were saying with the toddlers, the teenagers are almost equally as challenging because clearly they know everything. I mean, we're just, (laughs) um, you know, it can, it can be challenging to have those conversations when other teenagers are being allowed to do things and you're not letting yours do things. And because, and it all comes down to, you know, um, if you have people who uh, are more vulnerable in your family, then you do need to be more careful. Um, And that can be really hard for, any kid to try and understand. I mean, of course they love say a grandparent or whatnot, but it's, it's, you know, it's testing them by now because it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. So if you have, um, we, we live in a different city than my parents and, um, my in-laws and everyone. So we don't have anyone vulnerable in our situation. So our kids have each sort of chosen a friend or two to have in what we would call our social bubble. So they've, one of their, one or two of their best friends are who they see. And we kind of have trust in the other families that they're being responsible. Um, That's what works for us. They have, they don't see a ton of them, but we do allow them to do mostly outdoor things together, go for bike rides, um, you know, play with sidewalk chalk, whatever, you know, teenagers just hang out, whatever. But, um, that's, I think, what most teenage parents are sort of struggling with right now is how much socialization are we allowing and how do you know that those families are being as responsible as yours? It becomes mm-hmm. a trust. And the thing is, is that this is, this is going to be around for a long time. So we're all learning on how to um, be responsible. We're all learning how to be more, you know, conscious of, uh, you know, using hand sanitizer, putting on a mask. Um, being with other people, social distancing. These are all things that are new to everyone. Um, mm-hmm. The strange part is, is that the little guys, they're just growing up with this. So they're like, oh, this is a new rule, fine. They'll, they'll be fine with it. But the teenagers, 
that's going to take a little bit more because they don't like rules. They don't like being told what to do, but, and they don't see a lot of them just haven't seen the personal impact. They don't have that personal connection to it. So it seems a little bit like, you know, it's un, it's unfathomable to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a lot of, a lot of good stuff that you said there as well. And I think respecting where people are at like you said like people if you're trying to create a bubble of different sizes again depending on on where you are those can be different sizes but um you'll find that people are at very different places you'll find completely healthy families with uh young kids that are are being very very protective and and you know even following some of the old rules not loosening up and then um you know my husband works at a a factory um with over 50 people so if people choose to see us in our bubble they are exposed to a lot of people um compared to another family let's say where both parents work from home um so I think you're right again like seeing what works for your family, what's going on in the area you live in, and then finding people that are, are comfortable with with the same things as you are because it, it's a unique time where there seem to be like no norms, basically. Everybody is experiencing things differently and has different comfort levels. Everybody has a different story going on. Every Like we said, everybody's in a different boat. So hold back your judgment. You don't know what the story is there. You don't know that, you know, that kid is, my kids are, were in, all just, we just moved. Uh, they were only in school for five months. So they, they, these are all brand new friendships and very, very important to them um, because they just met these kids and they aren't part of the crew. Right. So then mm-hmm. that's another consideration that, you know, the average person isn't going to know or understand. They, you know, and what your situation is and your fears may not be the same as somebody else's. So, yes. you know, the, I see a lot of judgment, a lot of critiquing of parenting and parents right now. And nobody needs that. Like, no. unless it's directly relating to your family, what, you know, there's, there, you have no control over it. Focus on the things that you actually can control in your family and, butt out of everybody else's and I know it's a hard thing to do because that's where you're well you know Bobby's gets Bobby gets to go do this da, 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 and yeah not our sorry yeah Bobby's sister might not have cancer or might not be planning to see his grandparents in the next week or something right so that's a, a excellent reminder and good for all of us to think about because there there is a lot going on I wanted to talk a little bit about September, uh, we're looking at potentially lots of different school situations for different people. In Ontario, where I live, they had announced there could be three options. So one would be school normal-ish with some distancing measures and things in place, uh, things like that. And then a half and half, so half at school, half at home, or um, all at home. And so each school board's allowed to decide. So Ottawa, where I live, has come out and said they're likely to do the half and half. But of course, that could change. And it's again, it comes down to like that stress and anxiety of not knowing is really hard for people. And then imagining that you potentially have to completely homeschool again in September when everybody's already burnt out. I mean, I think we've touched on some of it, but would you have anything to add to just how people are feeling and dealing with that situation? I think that the reality is, is that the not is killing us. <laughs> so I think that as a parent, we know that 
there's going to be um, ebbs and flows to this. And so, you know, where, where I am, where some things have been sort of pulled back a bit um, and we, school is supposed to start and it was going to be the three options, as you said. Now, as of today, I've kind of heard that the hybrid option is um, being pulled off the table because it's still doesn't, it doesn't help with the exposure level. Every kid would mm-hmm. still level of germs will still be the same in the school. It's just not easier to social distance. Um, You know, busing is a huge thing. They were saying it would take four hours to get kids to school and back to school because a bus with 72 seats can only take 17 kids. So there's a lot of logistics to it. And just with the, a lot of not knowing, I think that you kind of have to assume at some point there will be the online piece, whether it is temporarily or extended temporary, or extended, extended temporary. Um, And I hope that each of the school boards has taken the time, you hope, to improve um, what that's going to look like. And uh, Mm -hmm. I think part of the reason that it was so stressful this spring was that nobody, nobody, the teachers, the superintendents, the, the, you know, support, nobody, the parents, kids, had any idea of, like, how this was going to play out. And there was no preparation and there was no professional um, development for the teachers to be able to support it. And there were, every rule was different and it was yeah. just like pushed out there. And I mean, this is across North America. It's, it's not, you know, and, and little guys, like what are they supposed to be doing? So I'm hoping that this break has been an opportunity for the educators to kind of look at the best way of doing that and having it as a backup, but having it as a strong option because it could very well end up being the year and I mean it's my son's um, grade 12 year so it's it, it's an important one and it's one that would be exciting and fun to be there and you know I think if we all just lower our expectations and kind of hope that at some point we'll have a piece of that normalcy back but for people who like to plan who like a schedule who want to know and want to have everything laid out this is torture this is you know, they're not going to know how to do it. So I think if you, you know, if you look at the lowest common denominators, it will probably end up doing some, if not all online. Um, It's the reality of the situation. You can't put hundreds or thousands of kids back in a building without Mm -hmm. some concerns, some changes to it. So if we kind of take it that way, that can maybe lower some stress and to think, okay, how are we going to do that? How are we going to manage that? Can you have some extra support? Do you have... Mm -hmm. Uh, a friend that you can have in your bubble that maybe can trade you off. Maybe they know somebody or can you get some, you know, to somebody better know how to do third grade math. Um, I'm not looking forward to going into fourth grade. I can tell you <laughs> do well in third grade um, this past spring with my youngest, but you know, it was, it was tricky because it was a new system. And so I'm already talking about it. We're talking about, Today, in fact, we talked about whether they'd like to go back to school in person, um, but with masks and social distancing and hand sanitizer and washing hands and staying away from their friends physically, and or would they rather stay home, but have to? But they actually have to do the work. It's not stay home like summer. It's stay home like the spring, but hopefully it's smoother. And they're really torn. It's a tough mm-hmm. one. To go back and see their friends. We all want normal again. Yes. But, we're not going to get normal for a while. Yes, it's interesting what you said too about the half and half because I've heard the same thing like people saying, well, if it's half and half and 
parents are working than our kids in camps or other things when they're actually then being exposed to a lot of other people. So it'll be interesting to see where things land. And I know different school boards have been um, talking to parents, asking for feedback, asking for surveys. So if there are, you know, opinions you want to share, depending on your area, there, there might be ways for um, parents to engage that way as well. I want to give you an opportunity before we ask some of the closing questions that we like to ask all our guests, if there's anything you want to add, any kind of questions and things that you're hearing that we've missed that you think people as parents would be interested in during COVID. Um, you know, I think that the biggest thing that people um, are stressing over right now is, you know, as far as kids go is like, what are they missing out on? What are they falling behind and those sorts of things. And, um, everybody is in a similar situation around the world. So, you know, my, my kids, especially my son was supposed to go to a bunch of, uh, high level sailing regattas. And he's worried that, you know, by missing those, he's not going to be on a level playing field with everybody else, but you kind of have to remind them nobody else went to anything either. Nobody else is doing that either. So, you know, everybody is, um, figuring this out. And so you're no farther behind than everyone and everyone's kids are going to have a very different sort of educational year um, between, you know, say last, this past March and next March. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, you know, if you focus on, like I said, the things that you can control, the things that calm your family, that make your family happy, um, that's the best way to make it through because the rest of it, we are going to have to have some flexibility. We're going to have to roll with it. We're going to have to have those conversations with our kids to say, you know, I don't know if we're getting new school backpacks or if you're, you know, my daughter wants to get these fancy running shoes. I'm like, are you wearing those to the kitchen? Like, yeah. <laughs> why would we need them? So yeah. Instagram. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like it's figuring out, well, maybe instead of instead of all that stuff, maybe we could, you know, focus on doing something as a family. And mm. and I think that that's sort of the gift in all of this is the time together um, and and creating those memories. Mm, that's really helpful advice. I would add to especially in Canada, I'm not sure of the situation in other countries, but um, they have ramped up mental health uh, supports in many places. Kids Help Phone is a great resource in Canada. I know there's others. Um, and also, I think Kids Help Phone might even be doing adult supports now. Don't quote me on that, but I think they may be. So there are new resources, more spots, and more funding. Um, in, in many cases, some of this is free, especially for kids. So there is a lot of anxiety. So people can certainly um, uh, use those resources as well if, if it's something that they're struggling with. So to ask you the first closing question, what is the best rule you ever broke? <laughs> so my uh, parenting rule or like just life rule? Any rule, yeah. Any rule, okay. So as a, as a parenting rule, um, never do something once that you don't wanna do a million times. Um, mm. And I that one totally the hard way with, you know, with little ones. So. That one I broke and learned the hard way never to break again. Like, don't, don't, you know, don't start bouncing the newborn to sleep if that's how, not how you want to do it in the middle of the night, right? Like, those are the sort of things. That's um, really good advice, actually. It's so true. I have to remind myself, especially during COVID, and I'm sure other parents are experiencing this too, like, what is a consequence that I actually want to live with? Like, 
you know, if you say you're going to take her on this with a cell phone, expect a massive meltdown. And maybe that's okay because maybe that's what you want to take away. But you better think about it at first because it might also be part of your own sanity. Yeah, I mean, one we used a lot. We were actually just talking about this the other day. Um, and it worked for our family. It may not work for yours. Everybody is different. And like I said, we, we have to really stop judging each other. But nose to the door was one that worked just to calm calm our kids down. And it was a focus because you could say sit in timeout or sit on the stool or sit on the stair. But having to have your nose to a door was something that they really had to like stay and do. And it sucks. And it didn't have to be for very long to get the point across of like, you know, and, we, and be consistent. I mean, be consistent that mm-hmm. if you do that, here's the consequence. So make sure, like you said, that you're actually going to do it. Don't say you're going to take the phone away. <laughs> you, that's, that's breaking your own rules. Yes. What is your most valuable habit that was hardest to create? Oh, that is focus. Focus, focus, focus. Um, I love... I have an entrepreneurial brain. I've been doing this for, you know, 16 years. I have ideas. I love collaborating with people. I, you know, I want to do all the things. Um, the challenge with that is, is that you're not good at any of them for the most part. Um, and you don't get the chance to really enjoy them. So it's focusing on, you know, in, in my business, uh, what I enjoyed the most, which was um, fiscally most beneficial and, you know, what could be the most fulfilling creatively. So for me, that was working in TV. All right, Maureen, uh, we've been having a little bit of technical difficulties on my end, which is, I guess, par for the course during COVID. So thank you so much for spending your time with us today. I know that people have got a lot of wisdom from you. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure. We're, uh, it's a stressful time. And I think if we just look for the, the happy, fun times in, in the midst of chaos, then uh, we'll all get through it. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Thanks for listening to Women Don't Do That. We hope you're inspired to do whatever it is you think you can't do. Find all our podcasts and blog content at womendontdothat.com and stay connected with us on Instagram and Twitter. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join us next time.